So we ended off with the story of the uh, Tzemach Tzedek giving the Rebbe Maharash the taps with his cane. So that year, the Tzemach Tzedek hired the very famous Tamil Chacham, Reb Shalom of Kedan. Uh, years later, the Rebbe Maharash hired him to teach his own children as the Maharash's private tutor. Additionally, he instructed his son, Rebbe Yisrael Noyach, to learn Gemara with him twice a week, Be'iyun, each time learning for three or four hours. Now, you have to realize that Rabbi Yisrael Noyach was in his late 20s when this was going on. And he was already recognized as a huge Tamil Chacham. Um, and still, he was a Chavrusa with his younger brother who was only 11, 12 years old. Now, in addition to his studies with his tutors, there wasn't a day the Marash didn't spend some time speaking with his father. Uh, we're going to speak about this later on, but basically in order to prevent this from becoming public knowledge, he didn't want to cause jealousy between the brothers. So these private conversations would take place late at night after all his brothers, who were all already married, had already gone to their own homes. And the Tzemach Tzedek would use most of these sessions to teach him personally. A few months before his bar mitzvah, his father gave him his handwritten manuscript of Shoirish Mitzvah Satfila to study. The Maharaj later told over that he used the opportunity to train himself to copy his father's handwriting. Like you'll have many Hasidim who will take a, a Ksavim of the Rebbe and they'll literally try to copy the exact way that Rebbe made all the letters. So around that time, the Tzemach Sadek also began learning Tanya with him, one parak every week. And it was also at that time that the Tzemach Sadek wrote his famous sefer called Kitsurim Alatanya. Which, which, which um, the Rebbe gave out. I have a copy from the Rebbe, the Sefer. Basically, it has like a kitzer of every single Parakintanya. Yes, the Rebbe gave it to me. I was there. How are you? Now, um, in the first Parak of Vemuna, which is the second section of Tanya, the quotes the Apostle, that your word Hashem constantly stands in the heavens. And the Altarebbe says the explanation of the Baal Shem Tev, that the words which Hashem used to create the world are constantly found in every aspect of creation, like recreating them at every moment. And when the Tzemach Tzedek taught this Perek to the Marash, the Marash asked, why does the Alter Rebbe quote this explanation in the name of the Baal Shem Tov when it could be implied from, directly from the Medrash on that Pasuk? So his father said, listen, I haven't thought of that before, so I can't answer you right now. However, the next time that Maizadi reveals himself to me, the Alter Rebbe, I'm going to ask this question. Sometime later, the Tzemach Tzedek returned to his son with an explanation. He said, my Zayda explained it to me as follows. Rashi began his Pirush on Chumash with a statement from Rav Yitzchak. Why? Because he wanted to honor, now Rav Yitzchak doesn't refer to his father, because Rashi's father was named Yitzchak, right? Rav Yitzchak refers to whichever Rav Yitzchak he was quoting from Gemara. But because, why did he choose? Out of all the Tanoim and Amaroyim he could have quoted something from, he chose a person named Rav Yitzchak. Why? Because he wanted to honor his father. Similarly, the Altar Rebbe said to Tzemach Sadek in the vision, 
I wanted to honor the Baal Shem Tov by beginning the, that section of Tanya with one of his teachings, meaning even though you could have learned it from something else. Sometime before his Bar Mitzvah, the Tzemach Tzedek instructed the Marash to complete memorizing the sixth and final Seder of Mishnayis, because he already knew the first five. And this way, he would know the entire Mishnayis by heart before his Bar Mitzvah. Like these days, a lot of people, like boys, have a minug, which I think you should all attempt at least, to try to finish, besides for the Yud based Prakim, to learn, to make a siyam, like on, on Shishi Sadra Mishnah, entire Mishnayis. But he knew it by heart by the time he was Bar Mitzvah. Now this is an addition, he already knew the whole Tanakh and Tanya Baalpeh. Um, and then he asked him if he works hard in his study of Torah. And he said, I don't have to do that because Baruch Hashem, I see success without working hard. And his father said, you have to work hard to study Torah. Because through working hard, you reach greater levels of understanding and success. Meaning, even if it's, you don't have to work hard to know it, make sure you work hard. So after the Maharaj heard these words, he began concentrating on his learning as hard as he could. And it, it was so great that he started experiencing severe headaches. And red spots began to appear on his forehead because he was concentrating so hard. Basically, he was straining himself so much that, that some blood vessels in his forehead popped. And concerned about his safety, the doctors instructed him to take it easy for a few weeks. When the Tzemach Sedek saw this outcome, he visited his son and provided him with guidance, clarifying to what, how, how, what, to what extent he should work hard, meaning don't work hard until you collapse. Also, since the doctors were extremely concerned about his well-being, his health, and told him to take it easy from his studying, so that Semach said it would spend a few hours a day telling him stories of the Rabbeim and other tzaddikim to him. At the Pesach Seder, so remember this is already, this is three weeks before his Bar Mitzvah, his father, the Tzemach called him over and said, come listen to the way that Zayda, the Altarebbe, is saying the Haggadah in Shemayim. And he heard it. Kanai Nahara, 12 years old, hearing the Altarebbe speaking. Shortly before his Bar Mitzvah, the Tzemach informed his Rebetzin that on the day of his Bar Mitzvah, he was planning to place a gartel on their son. And the Rebetzin Chaimushka understood that this uh, act certainly carried a lot of significance because her husband didn't do that with any of the other boys. And she asked him, what difference is there between him and the other brothers? And he said, with the Rabbeim, you don't ask for an explanation. Also, you don't ask others to explain the actions of the Rabbeim. In other words, there are certain things that the Rabbeim do for reasons that are no one's business to know, nobody. 26 years later, before the bar mitzvah of his son, the Rashab, the Rebbe Maharaj told him how he spent the night of his bar mitzvah. So this is what he told the Rashab when he was young, when he was basically almost 13. So he said, I learned with my father in his room throughout the night, sleeping for only two hours. In the morning, my father, the Rebbe, put a guard on me and said a mimer on the pasuk Chagra Boiz Masnel, followed by another mimer. And, and, and my father explained, he said, as an adult, you have to have strength to battle the opposition, people who are going to argue and fight against you. At my bar mitzvah, I was told by my Zayda, the Altarebbe, to wear a gartel of silk. 
but you are going to have to wear a gartel of leather. Now, the Tzemach Sedeg wasn't referring to a literal gartel. He was hinting that during his son's years as Rebbe, the, the community state of affairs would, would require a greater level of mysterious nefesh, right? What's stronger, silk or leather? Leather. leather. Basically, he's going to have to work much harder on himself. Interestingly, we're going to get to this by the next Rebbe, but by the Rebbe Rashab, the, the Rebbe Marash said, my father, gave, uh, my father tied a gartel of silk, uh, of leather. You are going to need a gartel of iron. Right? Because he was right at the end of the Tsarist regime, right at the beginning of the, the communism. So on the day of the Marash's Bar Mitzvah, the Tzemach Sadek instructed him to ask if he has any, any question you want, you could ask. And at the Bar Mitzvah Suda, the Tzemach Sadek said three Maimarim, and he also fabrenged with the Chassidim. One of the points he discussed was the difference between a maskil, right, a maskil is a Chassid who works very hard and is learning Chassidus, and an Oiv, no, there's two, there's maskilim that like are the bad ones, but when you refer to a, a frumiyid who's a maskil, you mean someone who works, who learns very deeply. And an oived, an oived is someone who serves Hashem with his heart. And he said, these two things are not, it's not like they only have those two things and that's it. Each type of chassid, the maskil has the qualities of the oived and the oived has the qualities of a maskil. So if that's the case, what's the difference between them? And he, he went into a whole... Basically, in short, the maskil begins with understanding and then brings it into Avedis Hashem. The Oyved starts with Avedis Hashem and then brings it to understanding. Shortly after his bar mitzvah, the Tzemach Tzedek would say a mimer. After he would say a mimer, he would instruct his son to repeat the mimer to him. And only after he would review it correctly would his father give him his personal manuscript of the Mimer to copy. And the Rebbe Marash later described to his son, the Rebbe Rashab, the change that he had following his bar mitzvah. He said, the Reish Hashanah after my bar mitzvah, I was able to hear and feel the enjoyment felt in Shemayim from the tefillahs of a simple Yid. Remember, he's 13 years old when this is going on. And Taka, as we will see, the Rebbe Marash always looked at the inner qualities and the greatness of each person even those who were considered just stam regular people. Around, now we're going to talk about his marriage, which the, the Rebbe Marash was the only Rebbe to be married twice, as we're going to soon see. Around a half a year before the Marash's Bar Mitzvah, so going backwards a little bit, the Tzemach Tzedek's other sons understood that their father was already interested in finding a shidduch for him. Meaning because he's almost bar mitzvah and usually they got married at 14, so you have a year and a half to the wedding, now we need to find a kala. Um, since, at the advice of the Tzemach Sadek, many of the brothers and their children had married close relatives, so they therefore assumed, and perhaps even maybe they heard their father say, that a close relative would be preferred over here also. At that time, two of the Tzemach Tzedek's children, Reb Baruch Shalom and Reb Chaim Shneer Zalman, had a daughter of marriageable age. 
And each one, of course, wanted their daughter to marry the Marash, their younger brother. Right, so basically he would marry his niece. Um, so in addition to sending messages to their parents suggesting their daughter, each one spoke with their parents in person describing the wonderful qualities of their daughters and why they believed she would. This one was an appropriate shidduch with the younger brother. And the Rebbe weighed all the options and a few months later, towards the end of winter of that year, Yitzhak decided that the Ramarash would marry Sterna. Sterna was the daughter of Reb Chaim Shner Zalman. And before long, the Tenoyim was arranged, right, the engagement. And at that time, it was agreed that the wedding would take place the following year, in 1848, on a Friday, Chesivan, the day after Shavuos. It was Erev Shabbos that year, which was very normal. Back then, almost everybody got married on a Friday. It was considered very, very normal. Basically, it would be a month after he turned uh, 14. I think one of the reasons they got married on a Friday, um, something to do with, first of all, it saved you a lot of money. Because basically you, you do the wedding Friday afternoon, like a few hours before Shabbos, and then everybody, after the chuppah, everybody goes home, right? Eats, the, you know, David's mitav, and eats their, their, their suda, whatever, and then they come back for like dancing with the chasen and kala. They also don't have to pay for a band for the whole time, right? That's, it, it's, no, I think that was part of it. Anyways... Uh, Lubavitch was already full of guests for, Shvu- for Shavuos and uh, it was the only umtif that most of the Rabbanim showed up like we said it was called Chag HaMatzais Matzais stands for Moire Tzedek because that was the umtif that all the Rabbanim came and although not every Rav would visit Lubavitch every year but most of them especially who lived very far they would come once every you know two or three years but for the Shavuos before the Marash's Chasana they said, listen, it's the Rebbe's son's chasana, the, the last son, that's it. This is the last chasana of the Rebbe that the Rebbe's going to be making. So, um, much more people than usual came to Lubavitch that year for Shavuos. Also, it wasn't only the Rabbanim that came to Lubavitch. And since the Rebbe's youngest son was getting married right after the Yomtif, so everyone would say, listen, even if I wasn't planning on going for Shavuos, this is a good opportunity. Let me go, and this way I'll get to be by the Rebbe for Yom Tif, and then I get to go to the Rebbe's son's chasana. Now, you should keep in mind that during the last few years, many chasidim who had visited Lubavitch, they returned home disappointed. Those were the years that the Tzemach Sadek was being watched for many times. He wasn't taking people into Yechidus. He wasn't saying my marm publicly. And everyone felt, however, now that Thanks to this very special simcha, right? Simcha played it together. The simcha breaks all boundaries. So this chasana would, would be a very auspicious time, a special time in Lubavitch and for Lubavitch. And the Rebbe would for sure say my marim and accept them for Yechidis. Now, the mere fact that thousands of chasidim were there joyously participating in the simcha caused the wedding to be a very momentous event. And since it was the chasana of the Rebbe's youngest son, his uh, mezhinik, right? You ever, you ever heard of a mezhinka dance? So mezhinka dance is basically done when the youngest child of, of a couple, of a parent, get married. It's called the mezhinka dance. Mezhinka means the youngest child. It's like probably a Russian word or something. The, the, yeah, but it's called the broom dance, but that's the fake, really it's called the mezhinka. And there's a whole song that they sing. 
uh, whatever, I, I don't know it by heart, it's, it's terrible. I, I can't imagine most, like, most people know that song at all. Anyways, so, um, in the beginning, the atmosphere was very joyous. The Tzemach Sadek said, many maimarim, both during the Hasanah meal and throughout Shabbos, which was the first day of Sheva Baruchis. However, on Tuesday, the mood changed. And the Kala had suddenly become very sick. So sick that she was unable to leave her bed. And that day, the Tzemach Sadek said a maimar on the Pasuk, Refe'eni Hashem heal me Hashem and I will be healed. The, the Kala's medical condition continued to get worse and worse, slowly but steadily, and tragically, two or three months later, she passed away. Now, you could only imagine the Rebbe Marash's great sorrow. The Tzemach Selek did everything he could to make the Ramarash feel better and the rest of the family, because remember, we're not just talking about, oh, the Marash's wife passed away. For the Tzemach Tzedek, it's a double tragedy. This girl is his granddaughter. It's his son's wife, right? So it's his daughter-in-law's granddaughter. And how many people are sitting Shiva right now? Two of the brothers, right? The, Tzemach, the, the, the Rebbe Maharash is sitting Shiva because his wife passed away. Rabbi Chaim Shner Zaman is sitting Shiva because his daughter passed away. 14 years old, newly married. And nevertheless, the Tzemach Sadek, who was obviously tremendously pained by this, he put it on the side and he stood strong because remember, the Tzemach Sadek is not the one sitting Shiva over here. His two sons are sitting Shiva. And he did everything possible to comfort both of his sons. Among other things that were done to take the pain away from the Marash, that Semach Sedek instructed his Gabai to rearrange the room next to his own. He said, from now on, I want the Marash to live over here. And he tells his son, you can come into my room whenever you want. Now that your room is right next to mine, you don't have to worry about your brothers noticing because you can just walk in from the, there was like a side, like a you know, door, so they're never going to find out about it all to make his son feel better. Also, the Tzemach Sadek showed his son certain manuscripts that he never let anyone else see before. And this the, the caused the Maharash to slowly become comforted. A year had gone by since the Maharash's first wife, Sterna, passed away. And the Maharash was not yet engaged to anyone else. And the Hasidim began to think that maybe the Rebbe was now willing to consider a girl who was not from Beis Harav. Especially since neither of the other two candidates were a possibility, right? Because Baruch, Baruch Shalom's daughter got married in the meantime. And there was another one who also passed away young. Um, one Hasid came, broached, like, like he brought up the idea to the Rebbe, mentioning the daughter of a certain very famous Hasid. And although the Tzemach Tzedek did not agree with that specific proposal, it was evident from the way he considered it that he was open to hearing about girls that are not from Beis Harav for his son. And as soon as this development spread, this news, 
So you could have met many Hasidim were hoping that the Rebbe would marry, the Rebbe's son would marry their daughter. And there were very, very rich Hasidim who were like, yeah, I'll give them a huge dowry, whatever you want. They'll never have to worry about money for the rest of their lives. Now, when Rebetzin Shena, Rebetzin Shena was the wife of? No, the middle of Rebbe. Right? She's still alive at this time. And she heard that her daughter, Rebetzin Chayamushka, and son-in-law, the Rebbe, were looking for a new shidduch for their son. So she went up to them. She said, listen, why are you considering girls that live far away when there are some wonderful girls right here in Lubavitch? I'm referring, I have two orphaned granddaughters, your nieces and your son's first cousins. And they're very exceptional. They, they, they have tremendous midas. And yes, they don't have a father and a mother because they both, that she was raising them. They both, they passed away young. But you won't find anyone who comes close to them in, in character and how good they are. Let your Shmuel marry one of them. Now, who were these girls? So these two girls were, one was Sivia Gittel and the other was Rivka. We obviously know he married Rivka because that's Rebetzin Rivka. Um, their mother was, was uh, uh, Sarah, who was the daughter of the Mittler Rebbe and Reb Aaron of Shklov. Now Reb Aaron passed away at the young age of 29 when his girls were eight and six. And their mother, Lee married seven years later and moved to Kremenchuk, but two years after that she passed away as well. So she has these two teenage daughters that are orphaned now. Short time later, Rebetzin Shena, their mother's mother, their grandmother, so brought them back to Lubavitch, took them into her home, and she raised them. And the Tzemach Tzedek said, listen, there's one proposal where the father is offering an enormous sum of thousands of rubles as a dowry. Meaning, he was asking his mother-in-law, the Rebetzin, what are you going to give if I allow this to happen? And the Rebetzin Shana confidently said, I am offering a dowry that's greater than anything you can get anywhere else. And the Tzemach and his wife, they look at each other like going like, what's she talking about? Because for the past 20 years, it's not like she had money. Because for the past 20 years, since the Estalkos of the Mittler Rebbe, her husband, they, are, they were the ones who were giving money to Rebbe Tzinshena to live. And they know that she did not have any money. So what, what large dowry is she talking about? So Rebbe Tzinshena explained. She said, I will give the chasin and kala the powers I have from being the wife of a tzaddik for 40 years. And if you agree to my proposal, I will give this dowry to them. And hearing those words, the Tzemach Tzedek, who recognized, first of all, it wasn't just like that. He also saw that his nieces, Taka, were very good girls, very tznius, very, very uh, edel. And he agreed. So he said, I want, on one condition, I want to be able to choose which of the daughters I want my son to marry. And Rebbe Tzinshena agreed. And after thinking about it for a while, so the Tzemach Tzedek, expressed his preference. He said, I want the younger girl, Rivka, which would become Rebetz and Rivka. Now, the thing is, there's a, there's a problem. You're not allowed, the, the, there's a halacha, you're not, you're not supposed to skip. If you have an older sibling, you're not supposed to skip that sibling. 
without first getting permission. So they went to the basin and they asked him, are we allowed to skip over the older daughter? And after thinking about it for a while, the basin said, if the older sister gives permission, then it's allowed. Now realizing that her uncle wanted her sister to be the son's wife, so Gittel, the second sister, the older one, she ag- agreed. And the Tzemach Tzedek promised her, said, don't worry, I'm going to find you a good shidduch also. It's not going to be my son, but I'm going to make sure you get a good shidduch. And Take, very shortly after, he, she was Take engaged to someone else. Um, the, 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 the engagement of the Marash and Rebbe Rivka took place on Gimel Nisan in 1850. And we will stop over there.